are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, your home for daily Seattle Mariners news and analysis. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today is Monday, October 11th, 2021. I am your host, Titan Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E, G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at C-Pat11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon where we talk about the Mariners even more. Also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week. New episode for our tier twos and threes out today. So check that out at patreon.com forward slash control the zone. If you want more information Uh, on today's episode of Locked On Mariners, we're kicking off our off-season schedule beginning with Mailbag Monday gotten a few questions from you guys on Twitter. We're going to answer as many as we can on this episode. If you like what you hear, give the show a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. We'd greatly appreciate it. So let's start with a question here from AJ Allen. He's uh, followed us for quite some time uh, over at Control the Zone and uh, TrueToTheTreadIn.com. I believe he also won one of our giveaways once. Uh, he's at AJ Allen PDX. And uh, he says, I have a feeling we are going to get a Marco Gonzalez for Tyler O'Neill type trade where we trade a pitching prospect for an MLB ready bat. What do you think a trade like that would look like? I was thinking Emerson Hancock for Gavin Lux. He also wants our thoughts on buying uh, Kevin Kiermeyer's contract for the uh, 2022 season. Uh, so let's start with this uh, Hancock for Lux deal. What do you think about that, Colby? I think it's a, a pretty creative offer. I think it's a, a fun one to think about, but ultimately I don't mm-hmm. think this is something the Dodgers would do. Um, Same. Simply because, you know, Lux is a, a middle infielder, and in middle infield, uh, you know, while, while pitching is extremely valuable, Dodgers are pretty good mm-hmm. uh, in the starting pitching yeah. department. In addition, you know, the Dodgers may lose Corey Seager and Chris Taylor. There's going to be a spot open for Lux. I like Lux a lot. He would be a great player, a uh, great addition, and I would do this deal um, if it were up to me. But I, I think the Dodgers are probably Same. not going to be all that interested um, in Hancock, at least for Lux. Um, in general, could they be? Sure, but I just I don't think um, I don't think Lux is is the right guy to fill this role. Um, it's possible, and if it is, I would be totally fine with this deal. Um, but in addition, I, I think if you're the Mariners, even if you're Jerry DePoto, based on what DePoto has said, I think you're probably, if you're going to trade Hancock, you're also looking for somebody with a little more uh, track record, right? Somebody who yeah. is, uh, you know, like I just I don't think this trade is going to work out for, for either side. Um, like I said, I, I would love for it to be the case. Lux was pretty solid this year uh, for his first real extended look at the big leagues. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I think if you're Jerry, you want somebody more solidified as an everyday big leaguer. Right. And if you're mm-hmm. the Dodgers, you might need Lux to be your second baseman next year and you have a lot of pitching yeah. already. So you're probably better off just looking yeah. elsewhere, but I do like the idea. Yeah. I just don't think that's, yeah, I don't think the Dodgers are in quite that position to, to do a trade like that right now. Uh, obviously, you know, they got a bit of a 40 man roster crunch and all that good stuff, but even then, um, I don't think that they're going to move off Lux for 
uh, starting pitching prospect when they they have plenty of that right now. Uh, but it's an interesting idea, and uh, like you, I, I would certainly be in favor of doing that as well. I would absolutely pull the trigger on that. But uh, you know, I I also get what you're saying with with from Jerry's standpoint. Why trade Emerson Hancock for another possible question mark when you probably use Hancock to get you something more established, something that you can put a little more uh, stock into? Uh, he also asked about Kevin Kiermeyer. Uh, I mentioned. Um, so what do you think about the possibility of going after Kiermeyer? We've talked about this a little bit here, so we'll keep it quick. But um, I know you floated the idea about possibly trading Yusei Kikuchi for Kiermaier. Uh that would be basically a one for one contract swap um in terms of the money it would i think uh the raise would take on like 750,000 more something but what do you think about Kiermaier for the Mariners Yeah I like Kiermaier um he's a fun player uh gold glove caliber mm-hmm. center fielder one of the best in the game really fast and not as bad at the plate as people think he's still below average but, I mean, considering mm. what the Mariners ran out there for large chunks of the season in their outfield, slightly below average is not the worst thing in the world. So um, I, I like Kiermaier, the player. Again, I think if you're, if you're Jerry, you're looking for offense. And Kiermaier, not really the guy to give it to you, although he did finish the year as a 101 WRC Plus guy a uh, year before he was 94. So he is about average at the plate. Uh, and obviously plus to plus plus in, in the outfield. So uh, I'm yeah. I'm fine with it. But if you're not upgrading offensively in center field, it's one le- one less spot for you to upgrade offensively. So if Kiermaier is, you know, if you bring in a great third baseman and a really good, let's say, left fielder, just hypothetically, and Kiermaier mm-hmm. is most, you just need Kiermaier to be a glove and fringe average bat, then that's, that's fine. But if you want Kiermaier to mm-hmm. come in and be like, an offense offensive stalwart um, or you think you can improve Kevin Kiermaier's bat. I, I think that's a bad idea. So um, yeah. all comes down to the price and, uh, and what he's going to, what it's going to take to get him. He does have a club option for 2023, but uh, yeah, at, at the right price, I'm interested in Kiermaier as long as other bats are added. And I mean, well above average bats. Sure. Sure. I, you know, I, I think that's kind of a foregone conclusion there, uh, but yeah, the, um, I, I like the idea of Kiermaier. You know, we, you and I have um, talked about the value of adding more uh, or upgrading your outfield defense this offseason. Um, so I would be uh, very much in favor of doing that, especially when Kiermaier probably isn't going to cost you a huge asset to acquire because you are taking on that contract. And honestly, I would be all in favor of trading Yusei Kikuchi for him because that's possibly a guy that you're wanting to move on from anyway you're certainly not going to pick up his uh um club option for the four years so uh if you can uh move on from kikuchi if that's what you want to do and and get karameyer out of that i would i would be all for that uh so let's move on to another question here from nat lang at nat lang that's l-a-n-g-e 34 uh takeaways from jerry depoto's press conference earlier this week are you more or less confident the mariners will have a good offseason after hearing it um about the same really i think the understanding of what this offseason is going to be has been pretty clear um that they need to invest that they need to invest in this team they had a lot of success 
in 2021 and have to build on that. And there's really no excuse to wait and see on on anything else. They they need to start going for it a little bit here. Um, but uh, yeah, so I didn't. There was nothing that Depoto said or really could have said that would have shifted my um, my feelings one way or another. Uh, he, um, you know, it was mostly just GM speak. He addressed the payroll, said that he has been approved for a significant uptick in payroll. Um, so that's, you know, that's all good and fine to hear. At, at, you know, and that's what the case should be, uh, given the success that they had this year and where they are in the rebuild. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm pretty much where I was a month ago, two months ago, heading into this offseason as I am now. What about you, Colby? Yeah, I, like I'm with you. I'm about the same. Um, you know, it's yeah. it's been my belief that really since July or even sooner that next year's roster will be significantly better than this year's roster. Um, does that mean they're going to win more games? No, not necessarily. But talent wise, they're going to add significant talent. Rather, you know, whether yeah. that's through free agency or trade, who knows? So I, I. I Still think the Mariners are going to have a very aggressive offseason. Whether it's good or not, that's going to be you know in the eyes of the of the beholder. Uh, but it's going to be exciting. They're going to get significantly mm-hmm. better, and that's really what you want. So um, even if you don't love all the moves they make, I have a hard time imagining you're going to look at it at the end of the the winter and say, oh, they didn't get better. They're going to get better. I, I'm very confident in that. So yeah, I'm, I'm with Ty. It's yeah. about the same. It's about what I would have expected him to say. Uh, more or less, and and yeah, I'm I'm right where I am. I'm I'm very excited, and I, I think the off is going to be really fun, and I feel very confident in saying the roster will be better than it was this year. All right, we'll be answering more questions in just a moment, but real quick, want to remind you this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Directv. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Let's get back into the questions here on Mailbag Monday, starting with at Cameron L. O'Brien, who asks, how much money do you really think the Mariners are willing to spend? Do you think we would move back to around 180 million payroll and maybe bring in two big names? So this is a question that I assume we're probably going to get a lot of. Uh, this off season and our answer is going to remain the same. We've, we talked about this a little bit on Friday that it doesn't matter what specific dollar amount the Mariners get to, as long as they build a ball club that's complementary to what they've already built and is able to build upon the success that they had this year, you need to get better. And there are many ways to get better without spending an exuberant amount of money as well. You, it doesn't. Again, it doesn't matter what specific dollar figure you get to. I'm going to use the same example I used on Friday. 
We've had a bunch of questions about signing Max Scherzer, who would be in line for 40 to $45 million. And we've even had a couple of people say to us on Twitter, well, just give Scherzer whatever he wants to convince him to come to Seattle. Well, here's, an, <laughs> here's the proposition that I have. Marcus Simeon is a free agent, right? He's probably at most going to get $30 million AAV per year. Uh, you get him, and and again, this is a complete hypothetical here. Uh, probably would, would not happen, but just talking about value-wise. You get, you get Marcus Simeon for $30 million. He's been one of the best hitters in baseball this year. Then you go trade for Jose Ramirez to be your third baseman, who's only making $13 million this year. So you spend some prospects and less money than you would pay for a Max Scherzer to get two perennial MVP candidates. Again, I don't think that's going to happen, but that's just an example of what, you know, how you can build a an amazing baseball team without getting to a certain amount of payroll. Um, so, yeah. So the, my advice to Mariners fans everywhere, if you're listening to this, do not worry about how much money the Mariners are spending. Worry about the talent, the quality of talent that they're bringing in. That's all that matters here. They build a great baseball team. It doesn't matter how much money they spent to do it. And if they do spend a, a ton of money to do it, then great. But if not, as long as they build a, a really good baseball team that's able to be better than this one and get back to 90 wins or, or over, hopefully, and compete for a division, then nothing else matters. To answer the question directly, uh, mm. yeah, they're not going to get to 180 million. Not not this year. Um, yeah, maybe in the future, sure, but we don't know. And like Ty said, it doesn't matter. Just go get good players. Whatever you spend is what you yeah. spend. Um, you know, we know Jerry has said that he's been given the green light to add significantly to this year's payroll, which was about 85 mm. million dollars. So, you know, right now as things sit. He's going to be at about $50 million when you add in the minimum guys and, and the ARB guys, 50 to 60. So, you know, it depends on what the what the definition of significantly is to 85. But right there, you already have about $30 million just to get back to this year's level and then add significantly to that. Whatever you think significantly is, sure, maybe. Uh, but it's, it's not going to be 180. So, um yeah. But again, don't worry about what the final payroll is. Just look at the, the haul they bring in. And, and if it's good, then who cares if they spent $100 million or, or $40 million? Mm-hmm. Who cares? And and to continue answering that question directly, you can get two big names without getting to 180. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you are so far off from that. Uh, sticking with my uh, example here of Jose Ramirez, we actually got a Jose Ramirez question Malix Ledbetter 15 on Twitter. He asks, uh, Jose Ramirez trade compensation. What do you think it will take to get Jose Ramirez from Cleveland there, Colby? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> that's really tough to say. Uh, Cleveland's kind of a weird team mm-hmm. because they don't always trade guys when they should. See, you know, Francisco yep. Lindor. And when they do trade guys, even and they've made some big trades. They've traded Lindor. They've traded Bowers. They've, tra- they've traded... Uh, Clevenger, right? Um, so mm. they they've made some big trades like this recently, and they always seem to get. I don't want to say qual- quantity over quality because they do get good pieces, but yeah, they rarely maximize the top level return that they get. 
Uh, very yeah. rarely. Usually it's, hey, you know what, we could get this 60-grade prospect as a as a headliner, but instead let's get two 52s and a 50, and let's really do that. And so um, that's that's always something you have to consider. But Lindor or uh, Ramirez has two years of club control left. He's an MV, MVP candidate, so I don't know. I mean, it, it's really tough to say what he's going to get. I can, I can tell you for a fact that Cleveland likes George Kirby. Do I think the Mariners are going to trade George yeah. Kirby? No, I don't. Uh, but Cleveland would like him. Yeah. Um, but what Seattle yeah. might be able to do is they might be able to say, well, we're not going to give you Kirby, but what if we gave you, hypothetically, Hancock and Kyle Lewis, right? Like Williamson. Oh, Kyle Lewis. Yeah, I mean, you know, Depot, one of the one of the few interesting things Depoto actually said at his presser is that they're they're treating Kyle Lewis as whatever he gives them is a bonus. So they're not building a roster where Kyle Lewis is going to be relied upon. Now, does this mean that they're giving up on Kyle Lewis? No, I don't think they are. But does it mean that maybe they're willing to trade him, knowing they have Julio coming up, liking what they saw from Kelnick in September, knowing that they have, you know, they have all this money to spend and they're probably going to add at least one good outfielder to it? They might. They might trade. They might trade Kyle Lewis, and, and that's a player that Cleveland would really like um, because he's young, controllable, and he's got major league seasoning. So mm-hmm. uh, when you start thinking about that, it's yeah. kind of tough to say. Like I, I don't like. Would they want Noel V. Marte? Maybe, but they haven't shown that that's the guy they want. They want the guys who are close to the big leagues or have big league experience already. So maybe it is Emerson Hancock, Kyle Lewis, and Luis Torrens, plus you know a couple of decent prospects. Or maybe they do want Emerson Hancock yeah. and Noel V. Marte. Or maybe they, they hold strong and say, we want George Kirby. At which point, I don't know if Seattle's going to do that. So um, that's if he's available at all. Cleveland is so weird. It's really hard to dial down what they're going to want for Jose Ramirez because yeah. literally you could tell me anything and I would say, I could see them asking for that. So yeah. it's just tough. Yeah, you got to also think about guys like Abraham Toro, Luis mm-hmm. Torrens, you know, as just additional pieces to that. Obviously, they're not going to be the leading men in a trade package for uh, Jose Ramirez, but those are guys that you could potentially see in a, in a, in a package for him because that's just kind of what they've, targeted in the past i mean just like you said you know just look at the francisco lindor deal um you know and the andres jimenez and, and ahmed rosario and all that um what they were able to get from from uh new york and what they were able to get from san diego and the mike clevenger deal and, and all that they just uh they're a weird team to really hammer down i do think that they're going to uh, look at trading Jose Ramirez though. I just I with where they are right now, they're on a decline. They were um just kind of, you know, mediocre this year, kind of the model of mediocrity this year. Had some injuries of course, but uh that seems like a team that that could use maybe a, a, a at least a soft reboot. Um which they pretty much already began when they trade when they traded Lindor um this off or last off season. But we'll see how that turns out. Uh, we're going to wrap up the rest of the questions in just a moment. We got about three left to answer, but real quick, want to remind you this episode of Lockdown Mariners is also brought to you by Built Bar. Don't you hate it when you're out and about and hunger strikes, but the only convenient options are unhealthy and going to make you feel worse in the end? That doesn't have to be the case anymore if you choose Built Bar. Built Bar is providing folks with a healthy, nutritious, and delicious alternative for snacking. Built Bar has a plethora of delicious flavors ranging from coconut to cookies and cream, mint brownie, and so much more. 
overwhelmed by the amount of good options, then try one of their mixed boxes, which gives you two bars per nine flavors. Each bar includes 17 to 18 grams of protein with calories ranging from the low, low numbers of 130 to 180. They only have four to five grams of sugar, four to five grams of net carbs, and all the flavors are amazing, tasty, and most importantly, healthy. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order at built.com. All right, let's kick off this last trio of questions with Jason Mack on Twitter, at J. Michael Mack. He asks, what do you think Mitch Hanniger's future is with the Seattle Mariners? And what do you think is the answer at catcher as well? Uh, so right now I'm operating under the assumption that Mitch Hanniger is going to be back next year. I think with the way that this season ended and again, if you trade Mitch Hanniger, unless you, you know, you get something really appealing, um, in a, in a, in a trade offer for him, uh, that's just going to be another hole that you have to fill, uh, if you, if you deal him away. So probably don't want to create that Mitch Hanniger, obviously really good hitter, um, Probably should be DHing more after seeing his uh, defense or lack thereof in right field this year. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I would I would say that Mitch Hanager is going to be in a Mariners uniform on opening day next March. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, again, Mitch is is a frustrating guy to watch because it's it's pretty clear how to get him out. Uh, you know, he chases the slider away a lot. He chases fastballs and off the plate a lot, and it seems like he really sold out for power. Um, and to his credit, it worked. He hit 39 home runs. Uh, so, uh, yeah. and, but he's still putting up enough on base skills and that really did seem to improve. I thought his plate discipline improved in September. Um, yeah. So maybe there's a chance he can get back to it. Maybe not his 360 on base guy, but can it be 335, 340 instead of 320? That would help a lot. And so, um, if that's who he yeah. get, but if this is who he is next year, which, you know, we'll see. Uh, that's still a you know a 120 WRC plus guy. That that's that's a really solid bat, and so yeah, you can trade him, but then mm. you have to replace him on top of adding you know probably at least three average to above average bats um, to make this offense anywhere near uh, you know average even. So uh, it just makes sense to keep him yeah. unless you're trading him as part of a trade package to get an ace or or maybe I don't know Jose Ramirez like we um, maybe. They want a year of Hanniger, and that can soften the blow. Then okay, fine, because you're trading Hanniger for a better bat. But short of you know getting right. a true number two or getting a, a significant upgrade over Hanniger in a Hanniger trade, just keep him, DH him, put him in right field occasionally, and have him hit fifth, you know, fourth or fifth, and you're probably in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jason also wants to know what do you think the answer is at catcher. Uh, so Tom Murphy right now heading into arbitration. We've heard some things that he might get non-tendered. Um, so we'll see how that turn, uh, turns out. I would think that there might be a little bit of trade interest for Tom Murphy out there as well. There would be some teams that could uh, certainly use him. So I don't know what exactly you would be able to get for him. Uh, Scott Service, interestingly, went out of his way to mention Luis Torrens as a part of the plan at catcher. Uh, so... It seems like they're going to give that another go, even though that he didn't really do that once he got called back up from AAA. He was terrible behind the plate uh, before his uh, before his demotion to AAA. Uh, but and, and and obviously, you know, we had heard from uh, from Jason Churchill who tweeted that uh, Torrens didn't want uh, 
nor likes catching. So uh, interesting to see how, how that'll play out. But I think you need to get him in a position if you want him to hit because they want to have, um, if you want to get his bat in, in the lineup because they want to have some some flexibility at DH. They, Jerry DePoto mentioned that uh, during the presser as well. Uh, so Colby, you know, we've been on the uh, the bandwagon, if you will, of of adding at least one catcher this off season. I honestly like the idea of adding two major league quality catchers um, instead of you know relying on on Terenz to figure it out behind the plate and Cal Raleigh to figure it out at the plate. And um, you know, I think you can do better than Tom Murphy. Uh, but w- what do you uh, what do you see happening at the catcher position this, over the next few months? I think what's most likely to happen is they're going to keep Murphy um, and then they're going to sign a veteran. Uh, I like Jan Gomes. Um, There are a few other guys out there who could make some sense as well. Um, And then I think it's Raleigh, you know, back to AAA. And, and once he, once he wins that spot again, then they can look to trading Murphy because catchers are always in demand, even, you know, mediocre ones like Tom Murphy. Sure. Uh, Murphy can hit lefties. He's pretty decent defensively. So, except at the tag play for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's the, I think that's the role here. It, you go with two vets, and then you have Terenz as, you know, on the bench, if you, if you don't trade him as kind of a DH, play some first, play a little third, and maybe catch once a week yeah. just to get the bat in the lineup. So I think that's what we're going to look at. Um, if not that, then I think they might just go with a, like a Jan Gomes, trade Murphy, and then just have Terenz catch once or twice a week and just, you know, until Raleigh's ready, but Cal Raleigh should not be on the opening day roster next year. Yes, I agree with that. 100%. All right, let's move on to our next question from, uh, one of my more, uh, favorite follower followers on, uh, on Twitter at H DePoto, AKA Harry DePoto. Get it. Uh, there. <laughs> yes. Uh, will the Mariners still have the best farm system after this winter? Uh, short answer, Probably not because uh, I think trades are still going to be a pretty big part of uh, this offseason for the Mariners. Obviously, they got all this money and, and stuff, but it, it, Jerry DePoto is going to look for value on the trade trade market. And that's the best way to get value, to maximize value is through the trade market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, obviously, Baseball America considers the Mariners farm system to be the best in baseball. And uh, I don't think that's going to last very long over the next couple months. I, right. I think you're going to see um, some of the better prospects in, the, uh, in that farm uh, head elsewhere. Obviously, not all of them. I think you're still going to have Julio Rodriguez, George Kirby, uh, Harry Ford, potentially Noel V. Marte. Um, you know, those guys are, are still going to be around, I, I, I believe. Um, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Emerson Hancock go. I, would, I wouldn't be surprised to see Marte go as well. Uh, if if the deal is right, uh, guys like Zach Deloach, et cetera, um, I could see being moved uh, this winter. Uh, what about you, Colby? Yeah, I would agree. Probably not. But uh, the long answer is who cares if they are or they aren't. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to go from number one to dead last. Uh, so yeah, what's the difference if they're first or if they're eighth? Don't you trust them in the international market? Because they're apparently getting ready to sign two super studs in the international market who are probably going to be number one in the system, even ahead of Julio um, would be number one. If they would sign before Julio, you know, came to the big leagues, that doesn't seem like that's going to be the case, but, um, and don't you trust them in the draft? Been pretty good at it for the last couple of years now. Um, So 
yeah, it's who cares if they go from one to 10 because they're going to replenish and the major league team is going to get better. And that's kind of the point. So, um, no, I don't think they'll have the best farm system, but I also could not care less if they do or don't. Um, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. It is cool to see a team go from worst farm system to best farm system in what, three years. Uh, but there's a reason why that mattered and it's for trades. It's to make your major league team yep. better and they have a shot to do it. So do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lazaro Montez and uh, Felnan Celestine, the uh, the two international guys that are uh, reportedly going to be signing with them in the uh, in the next couple of international signing periods. Uh, both of those guys are uh, very good at baseball. Celestine's going to be so number one. That's, that's something to be. Like I, I don't care who's in the system. Yeah, he's uh, when they sign him, he's going to be number one. He's that good. Yeah, he's he's incredible. Um, so a lot to be excited about there. Obviously, still going to have drafts and and all that stuff to to replenish your farm system as well. Um, that's just the natural process of that. And, and the Mariners are in a great shape to to uh, continue, you know, having a strong far, farm system that they can uh, build depth out of and be able to trade out of while building and while also using it to build, you know, a, um, a very quality major league roster. Real, I just want to say this. I'm not convinced that we've seen Seattle's farm system at its best. So think of how good the system is now. Okay. I'm not convinced it's not better this time next year. Just throwing that out there. That includes with the graduations of Julio, maybe Kirby, maybe Hancock. I still think it might get better. So yeah, be aggressive with it. All right. So last, uh, last question here from Andy Robinette at Andy Robinette. Uh, if JP Crawford is allowed to hit leadoff next year, come opening day, does that make the off season a failure? Um, probably, but the thing is I could also see it where the Mariners just stupidly, like no matter what they add this off season, just stupidly put him in the leadoff spot anyway. Uh, so I don't know if that would be indicative of the off season. I would think it is. But you just you never know. They could go out and add a couple of really nice pieces to this lineup and still hit JP Crawford at leadoff for some reason. I mean, again, this is a team that hit Ty France behind Kyle Seeger for much of the season. So I just uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I I would say yes, but I, I I like I said I think there's a possibility here where. They just hit him lead off anyway, which is dumb. Uh, hopefully it's dumb. That's that's kind of the point, right? Is that whether or not Crawford hits leadoff or yeah. not, if you add enough bats to where you're like, J.P. Crawford shouldn't be hitting leadoff, but he is, you're probably going to be okay. Like, yeah. like, look, do I want J.P. Crawford to be hitting leadoff? No, I don't think that's a good spot for him. I understand that he's done it and he's comfortable and he certainly looked very good for, you know, the month of June and September and he was pretty decent in August and he was awful in, in July and April. So pretty inconsistent there, but like if JP sitting lead off and he's followed by Simeon Ramirez, you know, Hanager, Conforto, whatever, you know, Jan Gome, whatever, then like, okay, like yeah. is the offseason a failure? No. Is it dumb that they're hitting JP lead off in that case? Yeah. But is the offseason a failure? No. So yeah, it's it's kind of tough to yeah. say, but I for me, what I want is I want an off season where I look at JP Crawford, and every time he's in the leadoff spot, I say, well, that's dumb. 
he shouldn't be in the leadoff spot. Look at he's like the sixth best hitter on your team. He shouldn't be in the leadoff spot. That's what I want. So yeah, whether or not you know yeah. the Mariners are dumb enough to keep him there, they might be. Um, but if two through five is stacked, then I guess I'm okay with that. Yeah, and that's not to say that JP is a bad hitter by no. any means or anything like that. He's he had a great year, uh, but I think he would be better in a in the seven hole or even the nine hole. I think that would be a great way to to really give your lineup some upside there, uh, towards the bottom mm-hmm. bottom half of it um, with, with JP there. So yeah, um, but again, I I don't think it would necessarily be indicative of of what or how the off season went. I think there's at least a way for that not to, to be the case. Um, but, yeah, you shouldn't be hitting him lead off after this offseason, I, 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 would, I would think. Um, so that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for joining us here on Lockdown Mariners. For, for all the questions, we're going to be doing this every week uh, here in the offseason. Of course, our schedule is going to change a little bit once the Lockdown Network changes over to uh, three episodes a week. So we'll let you know how that's all going to shape out but that's going to be our schedule from uh for the foreseeable future until that happens uh so uh look forward to that and be sure to keep an eye out on our twitters that's lo underscore mariners uh whenever we're looking for questions we'll be uh, tweeting at you guys and uh, looking for your questions on there you can also email email us some questions uh, our email is down in the description of this episode so for colby patnode i'm ty dane gonzalez be sure to uh, give us a follow at dane gonzalez that's d-a-n-e-g-n-z-l-c and colby at cpat11 that's c-p-a-t-1-1 thank you again for making locked on mariners your first listen of the day every day we'll be back tomorrow with mock trade tuesday looking at some proposed mariners trades on baseballtradevalues.com and more but now make your second listen of the day locked on mlb where paul francis sullivan and please call him sully brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues president pass it's free and available on all platforms have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you tomorrow